You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Good morning. Welcome to Crystal Beach Community Church where you'll find real people with real problems serving a real God. Well, welcome everyone here this beautiful Sunday morning. Not too cool like it's been the last few days, but uh, we're glad you're all here and I suspect several more people will come strolling in. If this is the first time you've been to Crystal Beach Community Church, you'll notice we do not pass out an offering plate, but if God puts it on your heart to give, we have a white box in the back where you walked in, in the corner back there, and you can just drop it in the box. While you're there, if you wouldn't mind, put your name, address, email address on a piece of paper so we can keep up with you here at Crystal Beach Community Church. Very important, we have a prayer ministry where if you have a prayer need for yourself, a family member, a stranger, neighbor, anyone, put that prayer request down on a piece of paper, put their just first name, put healing, whatever, and it will go on a monthly email distribution where hundreds of people will pray daily. Uh, until they get healed. Okay, we're going to move into uh, announcements. All right, this next week, next Sunday, we'll have our regular service, and that evening we'll have the Thanksgiving. We're hosting the Ministerial Alliance uh, where all the churches come here together on the whole peninsula from High Island to Bolivar, and uh, there will be food, and we'll have praise and worship and a, and a speaker, um, and it's just a wonderful thing. So put that down on your calendar uh, next Sunday. Uh, the drive through nativity scene, that's going on in December the 17th. and Yep, yeah, 17th and 18th. That's where uh, we will have out here in our brand new parking lot a real nice, huge nativity scene with live animals and People and everything just going on. We have hopefully lots of people now can drive through our new parking lot and experience a live nativity scene. I think that'd be a great thing there. Soup kitchen still at Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you're interested to helping Miss Ava on that, just uh, after service, go raise your hand, Ava. See that lady there? She'll uh, she'll hook you up and you. Help, uh, we could always use extra help. So it's a soup kitchen that we cook the meals here as people come up here and we give it to them. And uh, where we used to deliver it in the community, this is working pretty good here. So AA meetings and Al-Anon meetings are on Sunday. Sunday evening, I think 5 is the Al-Anon. And then the AA at 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. And then Thursday mornings, we have the men's Bible study. It's a one hour. We encourage you to come. We have coffee, hot coffee ready for you. We just finished the book of James, so now we're moving into the Gospels, and we'll start Thursday on the book of Matthew. So looking forward to that, and that's going to be a pretty good journey there. So um, I, would, I think it's outside. Yeah, there it is. Season 2, The Chosen. We just kicked that off this Friday night. Art and Lonnie Fuller, who do an excellent job of leadership in this. I, I mean, there wasn't many people here. I can't emphasize enough. If you want to see a glimpse of Jesus without just touching him, but visually seeing him, 
And in the everyday walk of his life, his disciples and everybody involved, laughing, cutting up, arguing, doing things we do. Every Friday evening at 6 p.m. here, we'll have popcorn, snacks, drinks, whatever. Um, we won't have it during Thanksgiving and Christmas. So the next couple of Fridays, we'll have it, and it may, it may get into January. But highly encourage you to come. I mean, it's uh, unbelievable. The sound and the picture, it just jumps out at you, and then you kind of relate to what they look like. And it's kind of hard to read the Bible and not know the characters in the Bible. They bring it out to where you can really kind of relate to what they were talking about. So, again, and thank you, Art and Lonnie Fuller, for an incredible job that spend a lot of time studying, and uh, they lead that for us. They get up and they just do a little bit of uh, talking about uh, because they've studied, and then we watch the movie, and then we have a little discussion afterwards. All right. Well, if everyone would please stand and join us, and we'll join our wonderful praise and worship team.
Because you have ever failed your God, you have ever Oh, my God. 
Thank you, Lord. Lord, we do worship you. I say this all the time, but for me to think that I will have all of eternity to do this, mind blowing. Go hot. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you that when we walked in here, your presence was so strong that I looked at some people and went, What is happening today? Thank you, God. You lift up this peninsula, every church. I drove by every church this morning on this whole peninsula. Every person, every pastor, we're all on the same team. We might wear a different uniform, but we're all on the same team. It's not about religion. God, it's about you. It's all about you. So today we just lift you up. We would be a hot mess without you, God. I would. Thank you, we thank you, we adore you. Oh God, let our worship just be pleasing to you, like an aroma. Like an aroma. Be glorified, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. You can have a seat glad you're here. Hey, I wanted to say, Michael, uh, a short venture sponsoring Praise in the Park, and so Michael's going to be praising in the park, I guess, today. At what time? Five? Five o'clock. You, you turn down Swedes at Crystal Beach Road. You go almost to the end on the left, and Michael's going to be singing and worshiping today. Hey, we have something a little different today. I hadn't even started, but today is, uh, we've never done this, and I I don't know if it's weird or not, so hey, I don't care if it's going to be weird for you, but but what, um, we're so blessed here. I say it every week. We built a new church, a parking lot, bathrooms, unbelievable what we've done in a very short time frame, a kitchen, all this stuff. And and we operate debt-free, so let that sink in. That's mind-blowing. But the other day, we were going to write a check to someone, and I said, do we even have checks? Like, I just have a debit card. I don't even know where the checkbook is, Jimmy. I mean, is it, how do you write a check? People don't write checks. So we have this thing called a Q code, if you don't know what that is. So I want you to, we're not doing this now, this is just a practice. I want you to get your cameras out, your phones, and put it on camera and see if this works. Because if it doesn't work, um, there's little bitty tags on the back of your chairs. So try it out. Oh yeah, hey, hey girl, hi, hey. 
Just press camera, hold it up there. Does it work? It does? It takes you right to donate, right? Okay, good. Then you can enter in. And if, if your son works sitting in the back, uh, you have a little tag right in front of you on a chair, on a little belt. It looks like this. Don't take these with you. Because Mitzi worked real hard on getting these all pretty for you and stick on here with some Velcro. But now, from now on, if you um, put a camera on the chair in front of you, or if you can, you just hold it up there, hit camera, and it'll take you straight to donate. How cool are we right here in Crystal Beach with all of our technology stuff? Yeah, I feel like that's just a little over my head, but that's that's cool. Or if you don't want to just do that in front of people, you know, you'll have to load your debit card or whatever the way you use it another time. But that comes right off our Crystal Beach Community Church uh, uh, org page. Or if you feel like you've been going to that little white box for all these years and there's something about you in that box works for you, uh, there's a Q code right by it. So that'll make you feel good. But we still take cash and checks and whatever. Look, I told you not to lose that little thing, but I just lost mine, but it's okay. All right. We're glad you're here. Let me put this uh, in this chair. There, Mark Ivy, you'll be sitting on that next week. We're so glad you're here. A new thing happened. Because Saturday night, I usually send the sermon to the music team, and they have to work like all night to get it all right and put together. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this week, um, I started this sermon on Sunday night because it's been on my mind for a long time. So I started it Sunday night. I think y'all got it probably Monday or Tuesday. I think uh, Kim hollered to Brent, you're not going to believe this, Brent. Kay sent the sermon early. Did she do that really? I thought she did. You won't believe it. Kay sent the sermon early. So I did. And um, anyway, God's faithful every week to give me something. It's not like I have some kind of book that I just go Sunday 1, Sunday 2, Sunday 3. So anyway... Fire that picture up for me. While we're waiting on that, I want to tell you that I think only four people have ever been to our house in Beaumont. We, we like it that way. <laughs> we, we hide there. Preachers always got a little hiding place somewhere. And so we hide in Beaumont. Plus, it's close to my mom and close to our grandkids. And I have... Uh, Going up our stairs, you know, I, I'm just going to be real because y'all are just going to judge. Stop it. But going up our stairs, I took a picture of our stairs to our bedrooms upstairs, and I have a fake plant and a picture on that fake piece of wood coffee table there and, and a fake picture. Lord, everything in that picture is pretty fake. Uh, wow. Anyway, I love going up the stairs and looking at that picture. That couple right there. I love it. When I go up the stairs, it makes me smile. So recently, someone came over. One of the four came over, and they said, I've never been asked that. They said, oh, look at that picture. Who, who is that? I said, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> she said, what? I said, I bought the frame, and I just fell in love with those people. 
So I didn't take it out because I just, they look so happy and they are smiling. And I looked at it and I thought, man, you came with this frame? You're going to just be part of our family. And they've been sitting in there well over a year. Just that couple right there. I mean, I love them. And I mean, this lady and cool looking guy and I love it. Now, today I want to tell you a secret, but because I don't even know those people. They just pick these perfect-looking people and put in those frames so you'll buy the frame. I kind of like the frame, but I love those people. I look at these people all the time. They just kind of, to me, look like they don't have any worries. And, And I don't have any worries when I look at them. It looks like if they had kids, their kids are all right. You know what I'm saying? Looks like if they had parents, their parents are okay. They're not sick or anything. But I never think perhaps that this is not real life. It never crossed my mind that this isn't real life with them. I just always go up my stairs and say, where y'all going? What are you taking a picture of? Hey, y'all, hey. Sick, huh? You see, I had to think of why I like that picture so much because I think because Jimmy and I love to travel. We do. But we don't post very many pictures on Facebook anymore. And, but that reminded me like a perfect couple traveling. However, our travels start out real different. I spend hours of planning. Jimmy has no opinion. Just He'll go anywhere that I say, hey, we're going here. He has no opinion. I book it. We rent a car. He drives. I go into major stress attack because we don't know where we are. We're driving in another country or a state we've not been in. He wants to stay at the very best hotels. I'm sorry, I'm saying it like it is. <clears throat> I like to stay in a little VRBO that's just kind of dumpy. I do. Because they're really at the main street or they're just special little places that's where I like to stay sometimes we trick Jimmy saying that we're going to a VRBO and we don't I like to stay off the beaten path and but don't be judging because it's worked for us for 48 years our lives are not like this picture when we're traveling so maybe that's why I like that Our lives are not like any picture we put on Facebook most of the time. So we quit. Didn't like it. You see pictures on the billboards of beautiful people thinking, well, that's a perfect family. And you find out later that they're all actors. They're not even from the same family, really. They just pick the cute person and the cute kids and put them all together. I see families nowadays when we're out for dinner or something, I see they're all like ordering and they have kids and they're kind of squabbling and they're at the table beside us. I'm usually like, oh, God. But um, they're all doing all that. And then mom pulls out the phone and it's they, these kids will go. <laughs> because they're so used to that. They're so used to this stop everything, look perfect. I mean, they would just be crying, I'm like, and they're going, because mom's shooting the picture. I think you can relate, because I'm not the only one that sees that. They're trained early to be plastic people, even little kids. 
It's not okay to be crying when I pull out this phone because, my God, I'm going to post this picture and you better look good. You hear me? So our granddaughter, some of you know, was cast in a movie when she was about 12 years old. And um, she was at the set. Just the little set was stated. It, it was about in the 60s. She's watching TV with her fake brother, with her fake parents. She has no brother, but she does have parents. But her parents are divorced, and that's okay. And there's our precious little Hadley with popcorn watching the first time they land on the moon. So she's sitting in this movie in a whole 60s still. Now, behind the scenes, they go cut, and Hadley will get over there and eat some popcorn and have a little snack or whatever, and they'll do her makeup, and they'll straighten her little dress, and they put her back on set, and she sits there, and the little brother of hers is watching on his Game Boy or whatever he's doing, his iPad. They look perfect in that movie. It's sad, really. As we get this idea that families are supposed to be perfect. And when something happens in your family, you think it's the worst thing ever. Because you can't tell anyone because you think you're supposed to be perfect. When your kids mess up or you go through a divorce or you have an illness or something, Lord, mercy. And sometimes I know it, but then I see your Facebook post. Satan also will beat you up as our families are not perfect. Mine is not. And I'm going to venture out and be bold to say maybe yours is not. I watched a video this week by uh, Reggie Joyner, and he explained it better than I can, so I don't think you would mind if I ripped off a lot of it. Let me take you on a quick Bible journey to give you an idea of what a perfect family looks like. Because we think everything in the Bible is perfect. And so we, it's hard for us to, like, put ourselves in that because we're not perfect. By the time we pick up our Bible, we're so beat up and cried out and sad. Let's look at Adam and Eve, the perfect family. The biblical role model for all families. But wait, they had a son and who killed his brother and you get it? Okay, forget that family. Okay, let's look at Noah's family. He rescued his whole family on an ark. How cool is that? Yay. But let's skip the part earlier. He was naked, got drunk. It was really messy. Let's look at Jacob and Esau, the ideal family. We want to model ourselves over that. Conniving mother and an idealistic father and who's very naive. And one brother steals the birthright from his other brother and calls a sibling rivalry that never healed. Let's look at Joseph with his two, with his loving brothers. They were so loving. That gets really messy fast, doesn't it? His dad was a mighty man of God. And so were there his brothers, right? No. Those brothers, well, they plot to kill Joseph, and they lie about it, and hot mess. Oh, but we want to be so perfect. We want everybody to think our families are perfect. 
I'm scared to use this next example because I think you're going to judge me, but you're going to judge me anyway. So, no, no, let me tell you about David first. Let's talk about David. Oh, happy day when he took those five little stones and swung around a slingshot and that big giant came over that hill and he hit him right between the eyes and he falls down dead. Oh, I want to be just like David. What a strong man. Hmm. Later on, he slept with Bathsheba. They had an illegitimate child and we can just stop right there. How about Mary and Joseph? You're going, oh, no, no, they're the perfect. Yeah, they are. I mean, don't talk about Mary and Joseph. Well, I mean, don't tell anybody, but they left. They lost their kid for three days. <laughs> I mean, is that not right? Hey, where's our kid? Uh, how long has he been gone? I don't know. I think about three days. It took three days to get back, so I mean... Whoa. When I read about families in the Bible, I feel better about my family. <laughs> I want you to know that God does not use perfect pictures. He uses real people. He didn't snatch me up because I had a perfect family and a perfect everything. In a world that promotes image, how we portray ourselves to others plays a monstrous role and determine our ability how to connect with other people. You're not going to connect with other people if you're so perfect. Because there's no one to connect to that is perfect. So often we and others see, our, see on the outside, doesn't what you see on the outside doesn't reflect God's creation that he's going to do and working on on the inside. Too many people are walking around with a plastic shell covering their real selves. But all we see is some plastic veneer. And then all we can see is plastic relationships. And we just all come together looking like we're all perfect. We sit in here wondering how God could use our messed up, messed up families and and do something miraculous. I, I counsel a lot of folks in that little room. But I've been counseling for 30 something years. Sadly I can relate to most things that they go through. You look at me and you, you're visiting. And you say oh. They're perfect. You don't know. Our stories and our losses. You don't have a clue. What's going on right at this moment. You have no clue. But, oh. I'm up here. With my leather pants. If I were sitting with you somewhere and we're talking about my stuff and then you talk about your stuff, I think you'd wonder why, how, how, how I'm even here in the first place. But God does amazing things because he takes you and he takes you and he takes you and he takes you and he puts us all together and calls us the church. That's how good he is. He takes a bunch of broken people and puts them all together and calls us the church. He wants to show us what he can do with our family. He can do it. And when someone comes up to you and says, oh, can I talk to you? This is, oh, well, 
Yeah, but my family, you know, I can't really relate because, uh, no, no. God connects us. Have you ever saw how he does that? You begin to talk with someone and you're going, wait a minute, I have that same story. It's really amazing. He moves in someone's heart. Why don't you go talk to them? And you're going, God, I can't talk to them. They're like perfect. But God says, go talk to them. You get over there and they're weeping with you when you tell the story. And they say, I know. Been there. I want to tell you, you don't need a better picture of your family. You've got plenty of those fake pictures. You need a bigger story is what you need. God desires that every family demonstrate your story of restoration and redemption. God's desire is to work through every family with this story of restoration and redemption. You're at different phases of that. But it will all come together and then something else might tweak out. Talk about the restoration and the redemption and how you walk through it instead of like... Hey, your kids and your grandkids need to know that you have a bigger story because when they come to you, if they don't know all of that that's happened, they won't come to you. They won't come to you. The picture of it didn't work out the way you thought. and It's okay to tell people that things in your family are not perfect. It is okay. Since when did we think the church was just so perfect and our families are so good? Also, it'll change this church when it starts happening, when we start being real. When people see that we're not living in this perfect picture, it'll change this church and it'll change people outside the church. I've told you this before that when I was struggling, I would not go to prayer warriors at our church in Orange if I thought they had the perfect family. I'd judge them. I'm not going to them because they, mm -mm, their kids in law school, they're just, all that, no, I'm not going to them because I know they know me. I'm not going to them because they don't understand what tough marriage is all about. I'm not going to them. Their husband's been saved forever. You know, I judge that. If you're real and raw, God will send the exact person to you or you'll know exactly who to go to. If you stay with this perfect picture life, people will walk away as they, as they think that they'll never live up to that. I'm telling you, you're not holding up a picture of trying to tell you what I want you to become. And they're saying, I can't get there. Oh, but yeah, all you got to do is just get a job and you just got to do this and you, it'll be better. And you just got to save your money. And they're saying, I can't get there. I can't get there. You don't understand. But if they hear you say, Dad gum, Jimmy and I were so poor, 
I was 18 years old. A mess. I decided to bake brownies. Did I tell this story before? No, I probably wasn't vulnerable. We had no money. It was our anniversary. It was a box of brownies. We did have that. No egg. No egg. I was hell on wheels. No problem. I go in the store by myself. I had a bike. Go to the store, buy us. Open 12 eggs. Palmed one. Walked out. Oh, yeah, I'm your preacher. Went home. Made brownies. Jimmy thought I was a hero. I'm not going to tell the rest of that. But you don't understand. I, I've stolen. Yeah, I remember. I tried to make that right. Y'all are awful quiet because y'all are perfect people. <laughs> You've never done anything wrong. And I stand up here and say all the things that I've done wrong. I don't. That egg story has haunted me for a long, long time. Like, what was I thinking? One egg. Dad gum. But I use it a lot of times. A better picture approach will shut people down. And they'll make them disillusioned to think that they can't come here because we have no problems. Our kids are perfect. Our grandkids are rock stars. I, wanna, I want you to hear me. God has a bigger story for you. If you allow yourself to be real and raw, I do it every Sunday up here. Some of you will walk out of here to say today and need to apologize to your kids because you've never told them anything was wrong. You've been trying to get them to measure up to your picture of what your family looks like. Love them where they are. Love them where they are. Say, babe, we never told you this, but um, like dad, I mean, he left one time for a couple of weeks. So I understand your marriage problem. They're going, baby, I... I understand. Let me pray with you. I remember when that happened. I cried. I reached out to people. They're not going to come, not only your family, your kids, but they're not going to show up if you have the perfect plastic picture. There's two choices. The better story mindset or the better picture mindset. If you make a shift to the better story mindset, everything will change for you. It'll change how you see your adult children. It'll change the way you see your kids, your grandkids. It'll change everything. If you just see the picture, they'll think they will never use, be used by God in any way. And when they fail... They don't know how to get back because they think they've disappointed you. And you just sit there all perfect. People at this beach need us to be real. There's a lot of hurting people. 
Some of you walked here today. Some of you rode a bike here today. Thank you for being here. Don't ever think we stand up here and we're all that, a bag of chips. My picture's not perfect. Perhaps you're here thinking that your life is not this picture. But I want to say it's about the story. It's about the redemption story. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 4. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. I love how Paul writes. When I come to you, I didn't take talk with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved, oh, you got it up there. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and great fear and trembling. My message and preaching was not that wise with my persuasive words, but it had the demonstration of God's spirit. It's power. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but where does it come from? It comes from God. It's hard to admit and be just real and raw. Second Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Or because these surprisingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, Paul says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, he is strong. It's the paradox of being like Jesus to have our weak places pointed out to give us incredible strength. I've known many, many people, including myself over the years that we're sure not perfect. Filled with defects of terrible choices and dented by others. I tell you how bad I am a lot, but you know, I hadn't murdered anyone. I just want to tell you, I just want to validate a little bit so, you know, you just don't go out. I just want to tell you, I'm just like you. The difference between you and I, really nothing. Maybe you hadn't ripped off an egg. Okay, whatever. I managed to find my way and now know that God was able to change every situation when I became real and raw. Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it has power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew, the, the Gentile. For the gospel of the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness by faith from first to last. Just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. So let me... Uh, Talk about Jacob just for a second. He had a weakness, but it was through him that the whole lineage of Christ came into being. Jacob, the man who met God at Bethel, the man who saw the golden ladder in his dream, the man who saw angels ascending and descending from the throne of heaven, the man who buried the idolatrous gods of his wives, he was a conniver and he was a cheat. 
He was a spoiled mama's boy. He was dishonest with his father and his father-in-law. He was the man who stole the birthright. He looked for situations that would help him come out on top. But despite all of this, God still saw something in Jacob that he knew that given time, given energy, given effort, Jacob's soul would be changed. Everything changes. God knew that before we were born. When God called me here to be a preacher, I want to tell you, I was just as shocked as you are. I'd gone to Bible school, been ordained, did all of that. But to come here was different. Just like Moses. We say that people aren't competent enough. But God used him to deliver his people. Just like Gideon. We say that we don't have the resources to do all this. But God gets a small army together. Equips us with the outrageous to overcome the impossible. Just like Jeremiah, we say that we're too young and we don't have the experience. Just like Timothy, I'm too young. They're beating me up in here. These old church people, man, they're giving me heck here. Just like the man who hid his talent because he feared the master, we say that God does not allow room for mistakes. So we try not to make any. Just like the man in Luke 14 Cows, wives, and all that other stuff. God's not looking for perfection. So quit trying to feel like you have to be that person to be used by God. Don't have your preconceived picture of what life is supposed to look like. Like, here's our picture, our Christmas picture. I got your Christmas picture where so-and-so, one of your kids... Oh, she was running late. I mean, we, we it's hard to get our kids together. It's okay to say she's in rehab because God's going to use her in a mighty way. It's okay. Hey, where's your husband? Oh, he had to work, so we're taking our Christmas picture, just me and the kids. Well, right now we're separated because we're waiting on God and we're trusting him and we believe in covenants and We know he's going to restore this marriage. And instead of judging me, man, can you pray for me? And how are you doing? Oh, perfect. Okay, scratch off Christmas list. (laughs) Hebrews 11, 34, 11, 34. Out of weakness, we're made strong. The Bible's full of So many examples of his divine power. If people would quit trying to figure out and try to fit in this perfect life that you think you have to fit into. Because you don't. John Mark, a soft and untested young man who failed but recovered to be an honored elder. Jonah, who ran from God and made some adjustments to Bring a huge revival to Nineveh. Quit looking for a perfect perfection and yield yourself to the master because his plans for you are great. He's just waiting for you to humble yourself and say, 
God, in your prayer room that we've talked about so many times, God, I'm not perfect. God, my family's a, a mess. We look good. God, meet me where we are. Just heal us, God. Let us hold our head up. We have programs here like AA. Not to judge you. You know who runs AA? You know why it's so successful? Because the leaders of AA are past alcoholics. I've been to AA meetings. It says, I, here's your chip. How long have you been sober? One day. And everyone went wild and applauded. That's why AA is successful. Here's your chip. How long have you been sober? 30 years. Great. But remember, it's a day at a time. Come on, church. Quit acting like we're all perfect in here. So whatever is going on with your family, God can use all that in a way that you've never imagined at all. Why don't you just hold off on those Facebook posts for a while and spend that energy in your prayer room and say, God, heal my family and show me someone that I can go to and pray with. Every heart that 